Hello, Nerd Universe, and welcome to part one of The Witcher Discussion and the first episode of Insert Nerd Topic Here. Big spoiler warning for this one because we will be talking about the book, the first book, that is The Last Wish, the game, the third game, uh, The Wild Hunt, and the TV show that's on the Netflix series right now. Uh, And just so you know, this is part one, so we will be, we have so much to talk about here. So much. We're going to be talking over the course of multiple episodes considering the witcher is a franchise and it is multiple books and multiple games and hopefully multiple seasons of a tv show at least two actually guaranteed to be multiple seasons of a tv show now and so we're just gonna dive right into our discussion because this is a very very intriguing show to us and it's very fun to compare everything that happens within the show and the and the book and the video games and everything about it so we're going to start with probably a very it's a pretty interesting topic um it's going to be how people treat Geralt of Rivia the main character in the games versus in the show versus in the books so what what do you how do you what is your takeaway from this like I feel like in general people are pretty just like ah witcher just like get away don't even don't look at me like you're a mutant you're not okay just well, yeah, at, le- at least from what we've seen in the in the game, at least in the first part of the game when you're doing the main storyline and when you're doing all the side quests in the main regions of The Witcher 3, uh, you are going to be kind of treated not well. You know, you'll be sworn at, you'll be, you know, treated, treated like a monster, even though you're the one actually slaying the monsters and doing all the hard work. Even if you help people in the game, they're like... Yeah, they'll give you your coin and they'll tell you to you know, go away and be like, I never want to see you again. And I'll be like, okay, well, I just that was a little you. rude. I just killed a griffin for you, but okay. But you're welcome, you know? No, no thanks here. Uh, and we've noticed that at least in, in in the later part of the game, when you get into the DLC... Um, that not everybody gets. Yeah. If you don't have the DLC version of the game, I would highly recommend you get it. Uh, it includes two major expansions, the Hearts of Stone and the Blood and Wine expansions as well as a bunch of other random side quests that you get along the way. Um, but if you don't have the DLC, uh, you go to this new area called Toussaint. If I'm saying that correctly, I'm not French. But you go there and everybody treats you so much better. It is unbelievable. Because when you're in Velen, which is like the main area and where you spend most of your time in the, the core part of The Witcher 3, uh, you are kind of treated terribly and people don't like you. And But then when you go to Toussaint, you're like, everybody's he- you're everybody's hero. You're doing everything well. You get paid a lot more gold. You get honored. You get honored. They even give you a vineyard in your honor and you can stay there. Yeah, it's like, so much better. And you just feel wanted when you're there. They actually like you for some reason. And I think that's kind of conveyed a little bit in the show. I, I, I don't know. Do they really mention a lot about how they like how that people treat Geralt I mean I guess you could say that with you know Yaskier how he goes and makes all these songs about Geralt how at the beginning of the show we all just saw people being like oh you're the outcast what are you doing in our inn or tavern get out and then once people start hearing stories about Geralt they're like oh, this guy's actually done some really good things. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's definitely noted a lot more in the show. Like, you, you can definitely see a change there once Yaskier, or Dandelion, as he's referred to in the games, which we'll get to in a minute, um, that's how he's... He, how his influence has kind of made Geralt 
to be a better person. And that's kind of a big reason why Toussaint likes him so much is because Yaskier or Dandelion is from, I believe he's from there. He's either from there or he was there for a long he, period he, of time. He's had a really down. long history there, put it that way. Um, including dating or he had a thing with the Duchess yeah. of, of Toussaint at some point. Um, so his relationship with Geralt kind of, I, I guess, increases the Witcher's reputation immensely um, and makes makes it so much more, he, he makes him better appeased to the public. I think a better appeal to the public. Um, I, I would definitely agree yeah. with that. Speaking of Yaskier as a fan favorite character in the show, um, he is, if you, if you're confused, if you're reading the books at all, or if you're playing the game at all, and you're confused by who this Yaskier character is, as he's not mentioned by Yaskier in the books or the games, he is dandelion. So the word for dandelion in Polish is Yaskier. And that's where they get the idea for the show. And honestly, I think it sounds pretty awesome. I think it sounds better than going around calling somebody Dandelion. Yeah, I know. It fits so much better in the show. And it fits when Geralt says it so low. Like, yes, Geralt. Like, yes, Geralt. Yeah, he, he just... Henry Cavill does a, an awesome job with Geralt's accent. Sort of, Well, that's another thing, though. Because Geralt's accent in the book... It's noted on the very, like, yeah. I think on the first five pages, we don't even learn Geralt's name, but it's said that everybody can tell that he has a Rivian accent. Because it sounds terrible. And it's... Like, it's, like, not a good ass, not a good accent at all. Like... I don't even know if the accent itself is terrible, but he's... It made it sound like Geralt himself had a really bad voice, which obviously, if you're watching the show, is just not true. His voice is so gravelly and awesome <laughs> and in the, and in the game it's all yeah. smooth and buttery yeah but no henry cavill does a great job with that but it's not it's not really it's not I, it's not really appealing in the book like in the book it's, it's not supposed to be and apparently rivia is like a terrible place to be because yeah. everybody hates rivia it's basically the slums essentially which is interesting because we never get to see anything about rivia mm -hmm. um even in the book the first book I only read the first one for this, so there's probably more to the other books, and I'll get to them, but for now, I've only read the first so one. So, what we've discovered from the book, or at least from what Caroline's discovered, since she's the one who actually read it, uh, she has discovered that the first book, which is The Last Wish, has kind of covered about half of the show, right? Mm -hmm. Is that about right? Yeah, I would say so. There's definitely some parts in the show that they either added or changed around, well, yeah, I mean, that was the same way with, like, Game of Thrones when, yeah. when that released and everything. And when they changed changed the show to fit at least, the like, the first book of Game of Thrones fits pretty much pretty well with the first season of Game right. of Thrones. So, um, but yeah, they will change things around. They'll change character names or whatever, or even exclude some characters that are important. They definitely, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so, here and there, but they definitely took some stuff from the first book and put it at the end of the season and mm -hmm. things that should have originally been in the first part. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure they did that to cause like drama or to surprise people or to do the... I'm sure everybody was confused if you watched the show about the timeline yeah, the at ti first. The timeline, if you watch the show all the way through and you're sitting at the end scratching your head, let's give you a little bit of an idea of what the actual timeline is in the show. So the very first event that happens is Yennefer goes to Aratuza, I believe. I believe that's the first thing that actually happens chronologically. 
In the show, yeah, I think so. And I believe she's at Aratusa for a while. She's at probably several years. Yeah. Um, and she does her transformation to become Yennefer Vengerberg to become the super powerful sorceress. And then after that, it's like a she ser- spends a decade serving in Adern, right? Doesn't is that where she serves first? Yeah. Yeah, she spends about a decade serving in Adern before. Th- actually, she spends like three. Three decades, yeah. Okay. Give or take. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty long time. And then that's when she meets Geralt. And that's when she meets Geralt. But before that, in the first episode, it's actually when this happens after Yennefer has been transformed. Mm-hmm. And he becomes the Butcher of Blaviken at that yeah, point. Yeah, so that's when he meets Renfri. And, you know, that whole situation happens where he just slaughters most of Blaviken um, on the street. Um, but when he does that, that's just after Yennefer's transformation. And then after when, that is when yeah. Geralt and Yaskier get abducted by the elves right, so and they Ger- meet the Sylvan. Mm-hmm. And then after that is when Geralt and then Geralt and Yennefer meet, right? When the, uh, no, wait, what happens next then? First queen when they're in the carriage and get mobbed. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So even I'm confused. They get, the timeline. <laughs> I, for the record, I have one up on my phone because I cannot remember this. Yeah. It's it. Trust me. We're equally as confused as you were. And we were from the start, but we're just hopefully trying to explain it a little better for you. And then at that point, after that, when Yennefer decides to just go off on her own, mm-hmm. Is when episode three, when Geralt fights the Striga. Right. Fun fact. And meets Triss. This, yes, and meets Triss. In the book, Triss is not actually there. But the Striga is actually the first part of the book, which is interesting because it doesn't happen until episode three of the show. Right, yeah. Because in the first episode of the show, you're just with Geralt and you're just with Ciri. And then Yennefer's not actually even introduced until the second episode of the show. Um, Geralt and Ciri are the only two characters that are in all eight episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is interesting because actually in the first book, Ciri's not in it at all. She's not mentioned a single time. Yeah. So this is why we've been saying that the first book is kind of the first half of the show because all the events with Ciri that basically happen are all right at the end of the timeline of the show, at least so far. They basically all happen up the end, and then basically Ciri's on the run. She runs to this town. And the Battle of Sodden Hill, which is the big battle with all the mages at the end, is actually one of the last events. Right? And then Geralt gets to the hill. He doesn't find Yennefer. And then he instead runs into Ciri. Yeah, pretty much. So that's, that is actually the, the last moment of in, chron- in chronological order of the show. Um, and it's the last moment pretty much in the entire show. Yennefer and Geralt actually don't even meet until episode five. Mm-hmm. And that's when they meet and they deal with the djinn. Yeah, they fight. Yeah, they fight the djinn. And then the next episode is when they go to hunt for the dragons. Yeah. So the whole thing with the dragon and basically any point beyond that with Ciri's story and with Geralt's story and Yennefer's story is not mentioned in the first book at all. Yeah, there's no dragon in the book, the first book. Yeah, so once you finish the first book, start the next one because it's going to actually get you caught up with what's what else is happening in the show. Keeps going. Um, so I'm at least I'm sure we haven't actually started the second book. I'm going to buy it. But we're, we're going to get right on that. So, all right. So that uh, hopefully that better clarified the timeline. Um, 
I don't know if, if you guys have any more questions, I'm sure you can reach out to us and ask. All right, so we're going to talk about the Witcher medallion, which is something that has changed throughout the course of the show and the game. The show, the book, and the game. Well, the show and the book have the same medallion. Yeah. Suppo- the way I read it and the way they describe it in the book looks very similar to how they actually portrayed it in the show. Yeah. Because it's flat and it's just got like the, I don't know what to call it, just like the image of the it's wolf It's a circular on it. thing with it's the circular. image of a wolf. In the game, if you look at it, you, you see it quite a lot in the game. It's a big like spiky medallion, like a wolf head. It, it looks pretty cool actually. Um, and I, I actually prefer the design in the game. I think it just looks awesome. I agree. But realistically, I guess for those time period... Like, you can't really sculpt something like that. Yeah, to be more time period accurate, the medallion seen in the show and in the books is probably closer to correct. Yeah, obviously the books came first, so they're technically the most correct of anything. So just take everything we're saying about things not being correct in the show or the game with a little bit of a grain of salt because the show and the, and the game both came after the books um, and they're all pretty different timelines for the most part we have Um, a lot to work with here for those confused by the game's timeline if you're playing the witcher 3 the wild hunt which is the most recent witcher game released that takes place what was it like 16 17 years because siri's an adult she's in her early is she in her early 20s or she i have no idea i just know that it's in the future yeah it's it's at least a decade two decades in the future beyond the show's timeline so far the show i'm sure will get deeper and deeper into it but this basically takes place when siri is probably in her early to mid 20s um and she's an adult at this point so if you're confused at all if you played the game and you've watched the show and you're like what this is not what i played then that's because the show actually takes place several years earlier um just to give a little bit of clarification and the books i believe go all the way up through the game Probably they should at least, um, but yeah, we'll we'll dive into more of that when, especially when more seasons of the show come out. Hopefully, the end of this year. Nope, twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Of course, that's it when is they delayed. say it's gonna be. Yeah, well, things are getting delayed, so we never know. All right, so let's talk about the signs that Geralt uses. So if I you... love Witcher signs so much. Yeah. So if you don't know what signs are, they are Geralt and the other Witchers. They use this. They can use slight forms of magic called signs. In the games, there's five of them. And in the shows, there's six. Or at least that we know of. Kind of. And he doesn't use them by name in the show, which I think is interesting. They spell them out in the book and they spell them out in the game, but they don't tell you in the show. But you can tell that he's used it. Right. So in the game, you can switch at least... By by the way, when we say the game, we're talking about The Witcher 3. Because it's the most recent, it's the most popular game. It was actually Game of the Year in 2015, I believe. It is an amazing game. Highly recommend it. Um, anyway, so the the five signs that you, at least that we see Geralt use in the game, are Ard, Axi, Yurden, Quen, and Igni. Uh, to give you kind of a rundown of what those do, Ard is sort of like, if you're a Star Wars fan, it's like a force push kind of thing. He basically shoots a gust of wind or whatever out of his hand and it can push things or it can knock down walls that whole thing um axie is sort of a mind control kind of thing he can control animals he can control enemies he can control 
where you can make people like tell the truth. It's kind of like a truth serum kind of thing. Uh, you can basically warp into people's minds. Um, Yuridin is a trap that he can set up. Um, it's a, it's a magic trap. It basically slows down enemies or slows down anything that's coming at you. Uh, Igni he shoots fire out of his hand. It's pretty easy. Igni. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Quen is a protective shield, uh, magic shield that Geralt can, can equip. Uh, there's also one more sign mentioned in the book. Yes, it's called Heliotrope. Yeah. I think is how you're supposed to and say what it. what exactly does that do? Um, I have been told via the wiki and the book, based on what I've read, is that basically it's like Yordan and Quen, almost. Right. Because Quen is like a shield to protect you. Mm-hmm. When you have Heliotrope, it's like a burst of pushing somebody away and protecting yourself so it's like it's interesting really and i'm surprised they don't use it in the show well they do use it in the show probably they just don't say the name yeah they haven't said the names of any of the signs in the show actually yennefer mentions ard once like when she and girls are like on top of each other fighting the jinn uh she says use or she just yells ard at one point and that basically is signaling to Geralt to use it so that they can break through the floor i think is what they're doing i think so Um, yeah so that that those are what the signs are uh, that's why Geralt has magic abilities because that's part of the perks of becoming a witcher. Um, okay. Do so we want to talk about the dragons? So... I guess we're going to talk about the... Okay, I'm using air quotes here. Dragons. <laughs> let me just tell you a little bit about morphology for a minute. So, for those of you that don't know, I'm sure you do if you're watching this podcast, watching, listening to that dragons traditionally have four legs and a set of wings whereas wyverns have two legs and two wings with hands on them yes so there's been there's been a lot of talk about the dragons in the show specifically because the the dragons in the show and the dragons are the wyverns they're wyverns because you don't actually fight any any wyverns in or any dragons in witcher 3 uh, you do in Witcher 2, though. We'll get to that in a minute. But the they basically... The, the dragons in the show look a little strange. You know why they look strange? Because they're not dragons. Because they're wyverns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she's very adamant about them being wyverns. I could rant about this forever. I've ranted about it in several different things. Because it's not just um, the Witcher that's done this. Mm-hmm. It's several different fantasy outlets they did that... it with a uh, smog in the hobbit right i think so yeah i'd have to watch again yeah. we'll talk about that too if that comes up in our later episodes yeah um but yeah the that's why that's an, one reason why they look a little weird is because technically by the you know by the more more than morphology mm-hmm. uh they should be they should have four legs and then two wings the wings are not part of their arms like they are in the show which makes them a wyvern. Also, wyverns are so much smaller than dragons. Mm-hmm. I don't think people seem to understand that. And I think that makes sense in the show that the dragons are really small because of the circumstance yeah. that they're in. But yeah. dragons are supposed to be a lot bigger. Yeah. See, what I find interesting is in the games, they have wyverns in the games that are actually accurate to wyverns. That actually look like the dragons in the show. Yeah, they, they are. They're, they're accurate. They've got you know arms on the ends of their wings um like a regular wyvern should and have two functioning legs um 
and but in the witcher 2 the final boss in the witcher 2 is a dragon a legit dragon an actual dragon with four legs and and two wings um so six appendages and a tail um so i, I don't know what crossed the showrunner's mind when they were making these dragons wyverns okay we're gonna call them dragons for the time being because that's what they call them in the show i get real weird about yeah. this uh th- there's a bit of bit of weird discrepancy with there with with why the showrunners chose to make the dragons look like that they also have beaks they do have somewhat they have like a very pointy they have long beak. heads it's very they, they look a little weird but we're hope but for the most part the other monsters that have been mentioned in the in the in the show resemble the mu- game pretty much come across pretty well at least from their game counterparts the uh the kikimora uh, the, the kikimora is pretty accurate the sylvan definitely um which uh, if if you've seen the sylvan in the witcher 3 it's a very overweight sylvan so it looks a little different but if you actually like look at the head shape and everything it's all it it's, makes it's, sense it's pretty close um but this the sylvan you see in the show is like mostly man shaped like human shaped for the most part with a goat like head um Kiki Moore is pretty accurate. Yeah, I mean, very spider-like. Yeah, spider-like creature. Uh, the djinn, I think, for the most part. I mean, the djinn is more of a, a spiritual creature. I feel like you can't mess up a djinn because yeah. it's basically just like an. I don't even know, like a body yeah. of smoke. Yeah, you you do fight a djinn in The Witcher Three with Yennefer, actually. Um, that's kind of a funny crossover. Um, but yeah, you you fight a djinn in The Witcher Three, which it's a very spirit form thing. Uh, it's a lot brighter in the game than it is in the show, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Striga, which the Striga we've not seen in the game, to my knowledge, or in any of the games. I don't... Uh, maybe in the first game. We, okay, we've not played the first game, mainly because it's very old at this point. Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily run as well. Um, but we ha- I recently just bought the second game. We're starting, we've just started it, but we happen to know that the final boss is a dragon. Um, and we've played all the way through the third game, um, which has been twice. Yeah, actually, this is our second run through, and it's a whole lot of fun. So, all right, what's what's the next thing you want to talk about? I just I want to pose a question to you. Sure. So, since we were talking about dragons, uh, if you had to choose between the mines of Moria and in the Lord of the Rings yeah. and the mountain path that they take on the way to the dragons, which one would you choose? Definitely the mountain path in The Witcher. Because Me too. the Mines of Moria, okay, first of all, you have to walk, a, the, the like, okay, in The Witcher, when you're walking on the path to the dragons, there's like this little wooden bridge, essentially built along the side of the mountain that has a handrail. See, that's what I'm saying. The handrail is what makes it so much more appealing than Moria, because Moria has no handrails and high steps. Yeah. And so you're going to want to hold Balrog. on. And a Balrog. And a Balrog. And I mean, a cave troll. Yeah, and cave trolls and orcs and, you know, everything that just gets in their way. Um, but, like... I think it's an interesting little thing that it's, yeah, like, you it's, know... It's a, it's a very interesting comparison because you've got, you know... The, oh, there happen to be dwarves in both places, too. Yeah, the that's, dwarves that's just happen funny. to recommend yeah. the different path. Yeah, so in The Witcher, when they're going up to the mountain to fight the dragon, they've got, like, the, the like there's four teams, um, one of which contains Geralt... And Borch, who's the guy who turns into a dragon at the end of the episode. Um, Yaskir and the, the Borch's two assistants, I believe they're 
Taya and Vea, I think is what their names are. Um, and they, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're one team and then there's a team of all dwarves and then there's a team of all men. And then there's Yennefer with that idiot knight that, well, dies while relieving his bowels. Yeah. Good stuff. The, according to the show. Um, so yeah. Um, the, I definitely the, appreciate the, the, I don't know. It's like a throwback almost because this book is, the whole story is mm-hmm. newer than Lord of the Rings. Right. So I feel like you have to draw some of that inspiration because there's, I feel like you can't just go into it and be like, oh yeah, we have a mountain path over here because we just happen to have mines over here. We just happen to work here in mm-hmm. both circumstances. So yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a really interesting comparison to make and you can make a lot of comparisons between the Witcher show as a whole versus the Witcher versus uh, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Um, you can definitely make a lot of comparisons there as they take place in somewhat relatively similar time periods and use relatively similar magic and swordsmanship and that kind of thing. Um, so we're going to talk about one of our favorite things to do in the in the game. And that is a card game that is built into the game called Gwent. It's just the third game. Yes, it's just found in the third game. Uh, and they actually released, recently just released an app form of this game. Um, it's pretty different from the the game that you find in The Witcher 3, though. But we are obsessed with Gwent. I we love Gwent. tried our hardest to get to every single Gwent player in every single location in the game. Uh, and don't get every single card, but we unfortunately missed one quest. We missed one quest. Now we can never co- yeah, now we complete can never, our we deck. We can never complete the deck, so we're probably going to have to restart the game and go back through it again. I will start over just to complete my Gwent deck. Yes, exactly. It is Gwent is stupid, stupid fun. It's addicting. It is, it is really addicting. Um, it, it sort of plays like war in a way, uh, except it's... You know, you just have to watch a video of it. Like it, it's, it, it's very, it's very difficult. I wouldn't explain. mind having a Gwent deck at home. Yeah, I know. Having an actual Gwent deck is, is a dream of mine, personal dream of mine. They're beautiful. Uh, but yeah, there is an app version. You can check that out. Uh, it's made by CD Projekt Red, who's the developer of the video games. Um, and hopefully they have something cool for us in store with the next Witcher game, which has not been confirmed. Has not, it's, it's rumored. It's rumored. But CD Projekt Red, who's the developer, is currently working on a new game called Cyberpunk 2077. Um, so we'll we'll get into hy- um, hypothesizing about The Witcher 4 and what that could be in a future episode. So since we've got so much content to talk about in The Witcher, we're going to stop here for today. We hope everybody has enjoyed listening to us. Uh, we're going to be talking about The Witcher more in a future episode because we have so much content to talk about and of course we'll be talking about it as new seasons of the show come out as caroline reads more of the books um things like that as we dive more into the game and notice more things as well because there's so much more we haven't actually discovered yet so before we leave um i was emailing my dad about this show Mm -hmm. and i asked him if he wanted to add any comments to the show before and he said that The Witcher carries the torch for the best fantasy production since the Lord of the Rings films. Yes. And I think coming from him, as he's probably one of the biggest Lord of the Rings fans I know, mm. that that's actually saying a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it is a tremendous show. We would highly recommend anybody who hasn't watched it 
hopefully you've watched it if you've been listening to this the entire way because we've been spoiling everything. Um, but definitely go watch the show. Definitely go read the books. If you have enough money to afford the game, do that too because it's awesome. Um, and we hope you enjoy listening to The Witcher and listening to us talk about The Witcher. Um, if you want to reach out to us, we have new episode planned for next week. We are going to talk about Marvel. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the new Marvel movies coming out that have gotten delayed. Um, and we're going to be talking about the past Marvel stuff as well. And, and what's going to happen in. and how it's all going to evolve. Oh, yeah, of course. So please stay tuned in for next week's episode. And we hope to see you guys in the next one. If you want to reach out to us, you can hit me on Twitter at Blog, Or you can find me on Instagram, uh, caroline.vot. You can find me on Twitter at crogersmusic or on Instagram at c.rogers48. Uh, hope to see you guys in our next podcast. Reach out to us. Send us comments. Yeah. What else do you want to hear about The Witcher? We'll tell you more. And you can check out our podcast official streaming site at nerdtopics.buzzsprout.com. You can check it out there, and that's where you can find all the ways to share it out. So please do. We're, We're also on Spotify and Apple. Apple, Apple Podcasts now. Yeah. Yes. So we hope to see you guys in the next one. Thank you for listening. Thank you.